Oh, come on and make some noise for Jesus. Come on, can you scream for Jesus? Push your neighbor and say, let's get loose for Jesus. Oh, that wasn't good enough. Push your other neighbor and say, are you ready for a word? Hallelujah. In fact, let's have kingdom chaos. Let's move all over this place and embrace somebody in this hour that you don't know and tell them about the goodness of Jesus. Amen. I see some new faces in the building. Let's embrace. Let's embrace. Hallelujah. What a mighty God we serve. Yes, uh, doesn't it feel good to embrace God's people? Amen. To put a smile on somebody's face. Every now and then we need somebody else to lift us up who knows the word of God, who can speak life into my situation. Amen. That's called the assembly of the saints. Hallelujah. That's church. That's church. And when you come to church, and you hook up with two or three that knows the word of God, now you can have some ministry. Amen. Amen. God bless you. This morning, I'm excited again. We had an awesome 9 o'clock service, and God uh, was made manifest through us. And, you know, he, he always gives us challenges. And what I love about that is he always overcomes our challenges. I mean, our struggles that we face in the midnight hour, God always has an answer. Amen. It's not always what we want to hear. Amen. But he always has an answer. He is the ultimate solutionist. God has the solution to your problem. And that's what I'm excited about. Because everything that we need is in his word. Tell your neighbor, it's in his word. It's in his word. It's in his word. It's in his word. Amen. Praise God. 
Praise God. I'm, I'm still a little caught up from this morning's service, and I'm happy to see some people that I haven't seen in a few weeks. I won't point you out. I won't ask you to raise your hand, but I see you in the building. Amen. Some of y'all sent text messages too. I called you. Where you been? Where you been? You got all these things going on. I ain't going to look at you. I ain't going to look at you, but you're sitting in black seats with little gold dots. Amen. In one of the three sections, and uh, God is good. Amen. We've been uh, in a series, and this is our second week, and 9 o'clock service has been uh, discussion, preaching, teaching concerning destiny. If you haven't been a part of that service, please do get here. And uh, This is our second week entitled uh, Strongholds. Strongholds, something that we've all been a part of if we're not still a part of them right now. Amen. And before I really get into the guts of what I want to give you today concerning what God has given me, do we have any first-time visitors here with us today? Come on, just raise your hand. I ain't going to call you up. Amen. I see you. One, two, three, four. Come on. Come on. Five. I see you. Six. I see you. I ain't going to call you up. I'm going to just look at you. Yeah. Seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see you. I see you. I see you. He said he wasn't going to call me up, but I got to look over some people and see him. Amen. I see you. I see you in the house. God bless you. God bless you. Uh, some, some of y'all hiding out there. I ain't going to call your name. Uh, I got some family in the house. Amen. Hadn't seen in a while. I won't call your name. I ain't going to call you out. Praise God. I'm just excited that you're in the house of God with us. Ain't that all right? That's all right. That's all right. If you have your Bibles, uh, turn with me to the book of Ephesians. God has a word for you. How about that choir, man? Did they do it? <laughs> Today is second Sunday. We call it old school Sunday where we sing old school tunes, uh, hymns, songs, <laughs> You know, we try to stay up, and we have a, a congregation of, of mixed folks. So, amen. We got some seasoned folk. We got some brand-new people. And guess what? What I love about God is we all get to sit at his table all together. Amen. No big eye, little me. You know what it is. We're all here together. No matter how long you've been in ministry, I'm in the second chapter of Ephesians. No matter how long you've been in ministry, you know, you get to sit with your brother and get to learn about his or her life. Amen. Get to pour into them, and they can pour into you, and I'm excited because I've got some brethren here that poured into me. Even when I was on the other side of the thing, so I, I keep, keep remembering that I'm always, that's an expression, man. It's something that's in me that humbled me. Man, we went through some time together, and you was able to share with me. But God has a word for you. Just say with me, strongholds, I am delivered. Not that I'm going to be, you are delivered now, you just don't know it. <laughs> uh, you say, Pastor, you don't know. No, 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 no. You, you are, you've already been set free. You just don't know it. And when you know it, you walk in it. You sound like it. You look like it. You smell like it. You smell like it. Yes, sir. Amen. You've been involved in some things that left a stench on us. Hey, talk to me. Yep, you ain't been saved all your life. And when you got saved, you still had a little, little something, something left on you. A little, little bit of residue. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, a little, little residue. Woo. Yes, sir. Come on, look at your neighbor and say you got a little residue on you. Mm -hmm. That's why you got to stay intact, stay in tune. Amen. <laughs> Amen. How about a hand for my lovely wife this morning? Amen. Yeah. She said, yeah, Shannon, you got a little residue on you, but I'm going to take you in. I'm going to clean you up, clean you up. And I thank God for her this morning for putting up with me. 
Amen. That's a long day and a long night. Amen. But when it's cold outside. <laughs> oh, 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 Gina. Gina almost went there. <laughs> almost went there. Okay. Be easy. Be good today. We got guests in the house. Amen. Ephesians 2. And before we read that scripture, before we read that scripture, I want to give you the definition of what is a stronghold. I've given it to you last week. I'm going to give it to you again today. It says something invisible behind the scenes cooperating with something visible on the scenes that is keeping me trapped in the situation that I'm in. Read it again, Pastor. I will. Something invisible behind the scenes cooperating with something visible on the scenes that is keeping me trapped in the situation that I'm in. Let it sit on it. Let it, let it rest right there on you. Let it marinate. Uh-huh, you got it? And that's your situation. Let's read the scripture. Ephesians 2 and 6. Ephesians 2 and 6 says, God raised us up from death when he raised up Christ Jesus. He has given us a place. Somebody say a seat. He has given us a place with Christ in the heavens. We are seated. One of y'all translations say, with Christ. He has given us a place, a position, a seat with him. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for life, health, and strength. We thank you for the many individuals that are in here this morning. Thank you for our kids, our youth that are going down the way to get a word for themselves. And today, God, as we decrease, that Holy Spirit may increase inside of me, that we may have and understand with clarity your word and walk out of here fulfilling destiny that which you've called us to be and walk in and live in. Thank you for life, health, and strength once again. Have your way, Holy Spirit, today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. I want you to turn to your neighbor with me just real quick. I won't ask you no more, maybe one more time. Today I want to talk about personal strongholds. Last week was emotional, personal strongholds. I want you to ask your neighbor, ask your neighbor for real, look at them dead in the eye and say, are you your own worst enemy? All right, sit down, sit down. Don't, don't answer that for them. Don't answer that for them. Are you your own worst enemy? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Are you your own worst enemy? Many times we are. We are our own worst enemy. We, we, we're trying to fight with everything and everybody and every place. And the truth of the matter is, as we come to the realization that we're struggling with ourselves, oftentimes we find ourselves uh, fussing and fighting with church folks and maybe not with church folks, maybe with family members and maybe some of your own uh, immediate family members in your household. Let's talk to the parents. You fuss with your kids. Let's talk to married folks. You fuss with your spouse. Let's talk to uh, folks that are dating and, and doing those things, and sometimes you fuss with the one that you're dating, you know, sometimes you fuss with the one that you've been living with, you haven't got married yet, but you're talking like you're married, you know, talk to me. And so, there's some awesome struggles that we're dealing with, right? There's a struggle, it's a personal thing, though, because when you really grow up and you become mature, you'll find out that you, you pick and poke at things that really didn't matter, and the reason why you was poking at those things is because you had some own personal struggles and issues going on. I mean, when I come home and I got some things on my mind, my family knows because I'm a little bit on the edge. I mean, I respond. Don't you nod your head, first lady. I respond. I mean, I respond in a different manner. You know, I'm, I'm kind of a little short. You know, you know how y'all come when you get to church and you had a bad night? 
they kind of show up with the saints. You got to get warmed up and pumping pride to get into their place and position. Although he says that you should enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise, that you come in with depression, oppression, you're struggling, and you don't want to deal with the day, you don't want to deal with people, and you're like, I don't know why I came to church, and God just decided to tap you on the shoulder and wake you up and tell you the reason why that you showed up today is because you are a joint heir, a son, a daughter, Jesus. I feel good today. Many of us today, presently in here, are at what we would call, and we all know what it is, a war. It's a battle. There's a battle going on, and the struggle is, while we fuss and fight, is because we have not discovered it yet, but we have what I would call a multiplicity of problems. You know, you got problems, you put them to the side. I deal with it on Wednesday, and it's Monday, and I deal with it on Thursday, and something happens on Wednesday, you don't really get to deal with the problem. So it adds up and it multiplies. And then Friday, you're stuck with all this stuff. And you're saying, well, I ain't going to deal with it because it's the weekend. And I'll deal with that on Monday. Guess what? It multiplies week two. You got week one's problems in week two. And just keep on growing. And then you face a monster, right? Yeah, I know you're saved and sanctified and filled, but you still face a monster. I, I look, I, I want you to be real today, you know. <laughs> Come on, be not ashamed, man. Take it off. Look, look, you're a, you're a real person. You got issues. Yeah, how long you been in church? If you wake up and you're a part of society and all of us are, then you have real-life issues. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what kind of job you have, what kind of money you make, what your gender is, what your economic status is, what your ethnicity is. Guess what? You've got problems. You've got issues. Amen. And so Satan, though, Satan has held us hostage for so long that we're struggling. And now, you know, we've realized that everything that we've done to stop him has not stopped him. Everything that, listen to it, you have done to stop him has not stopped him. Everything that you have done to stop him in his tracks, he's still coming. He's still coming. He's still coming. And I come here because, unfortunately, we're trying to be successful at this. And we're not successful at it because we are trying to stop him. Some of us, though, are obviously held hostage by Satan. And for some, it's a stronghold of what we would call drugs. It could be alcohol. It could be women. It could be all these things. Uh, Drugs where the flesh has been captured by what we would call chemical agents. And no matter how hard we try, we just can't let it go. Amen. We, we tried to let it go, and we need it because it has, it has become a part. It has grown into our life, and it's attached to us. And some of us do it without thinking about it. It has become a habit, a habit that you cannot break or shake. And let me just introduce you because somebody is feeling a certain way that it does not have to be drugs, although some is drugs. Right? It could be alcohol. Come on. It could be, it could be reading uh, uh, obscene materials. It could be looking at certain things on TV. Right? And guess what? It doesn't have to be rated R now. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it could just be as clean as it's supposed to be because there are what they call subliminal messages within there, and you got to learn how to pay attention. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You got to learn how to pay attention. Oh, I can't wait. And so Satan is, Satan is beating us at this game because many of us are trying to do it on our own. Some of us don't have what we call obvious strongholds, but we have private strongholds. 
We have them, but we've just been able to cover them. <laughs> and we cover them, church folks, very well. These are what we would call strongholds of the mind. Somebody say of the mind. Here we go. Sexual addiction, pornography is a stronghold of the mind. And guess what? Guess what? We are not exempt, church folks, because if you was doing it on Thursday, you got saved on Friday, guess what? Your mind, your body still is attracted to what you were doing on Thursday. So don't let church folks put you in a place of thinking and believing that just because you got saved on Friday that all those wants and desires are going to go away. That is a lie from the pits of hell. It is a process. Walking so high and mighty, it's a process that we have to go through just to get to. So we cover these things and struggle because these are private strongholds. We do them in the time of privacy, sexual pornography in the time of privacy, and we are unable to unlock ourselves from it. Uh huh. People say if the world, if the world didn't have all this nonsense, if all this wasn't on TV and all this stuff wasn't in our schools and all this stuff wasn't on the, on the billboards going down the street, I wouldn't be in this mess. Yes, you would. The reason why those things, and you have a problem with those things, is because when you see those things, those things really reveal what's on the inside of you, right? There's certain things in life that, that, that deals with you totally different than me. You know why? Because if I'm dealing with an issue, I see my perspective is totally different than what you see. If I'm dealing with an issue and I see a billboard that speaks to my issue, I might just have a problem with that issue. If I'm dealing with an issue and the preacher gets up and points out an issue that I'm dealing with, guess what? Don't take it personal. You've got somebody on your role who has most likely dealt with that issue. So there's one or two things, amen, they're going to be able to either help you heal or they're going to go along with you and smoke it anyway. Talk to me, church people. This is real talk. It's real talk. This is real life application. And you are unable to unlock yourself from this addiction worldview, I call it, we call it, in the spiritual realm, a stronghold. I told you the world's view causes an addiction because they say you can't get away from it. You're never going to get away from it. I'm going to teach you how to cope with it. Come through the 12-step program. That's not what God says. God says that you have to realize who you are, who you are in Christ, that you are and you have been elevated and seated with Christ who's in heaven and you are above and not beneath. So you got to realize your position of authority. And it's until that you realize your position of authority that you continue to come to church Sunday after Sunday, month after month, Easter after Easter, Christmas after Christmas, Mother's Day after Mother's Day, coming in here with a false identification. Walking around with fake IDs, trying to become or be somebody who we have not arrived yet in. Isn't that like the church? I say, well, he's always coming down hard on the church, right? I'm coming down like that because the Bible speaks to the church. A lot of times when we read the text, we say, oh, that's for you. And we as Christians are reading the text thinking it's for the world and it's really for ourselves. We're trying to read the text and trying to change the life of everybody out there. And our own lives are not evolving, not going through a process of change. I wonder why the world doesn't change. It's because you are not changing. It's because we are not changing. It's because we have conformed to the things of the world and there is no change. 
You see, the world, the world is looking for testimony. And testimony, I, I love testimony service, and everybody stands up and, you know, tell everybody their business and everything. That's great. But the truth of the matter is when you walk up out of this place and you walk into that parking lot, if you close your mouth, your testimony will speak for itself. First lady, I got to move on. You see, we don't understand that our problem is our problem. I told you the TV, the billboard, the commercials, the people, the preacher, <laughs> the family members, it just revealed that we have a problem. And the problem is, is a spiritual problem. And one of the reasons, write this down, that have you, you have not been able to get rid of it is because you have not addressed it spiritually. You cannot fight a spiritual battle using the weapons of the flesh. Let me say that again. You cannot fight a spiritual battle, I don't care how buff you are, using uh, 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 weapons of the flesh. We, we fall on our face every time when we do that. But I like that because that's exactly where God wants you to be. God wants you to fall flat on your face during the time that you're fighting for yourself and you're not using him. You know, I can do that. I'm strong enough to do it. I'm strong enough to fight this. I'm strong enough to go ahead. No, you're not. No, you're not. The Bible teaches that you're not. If you were strong enough to do it, then you would not need the Holy Spirit to work in your life. If you were strong enough to do it, you would go back into the area you came from and deal with every devil that you dealt with back in the day. But you know that you can't do it just yet because you have not arrived yet. And, and, and I don't care how long you've been in that place, those many, many years, the world called it addiction, that you struggled with those issues. Guess what? I don't care how long you've been. As soon as you show up, somebody's going to remind you about your past. And if you don't know how to war and how to fight spiritually, you'll be caught up in a realm of your past trying to prove who you are. Let me tell you, you shouldn't have to prove who you are. Your life should be exemplary of who you are and who you've become. We were talking about destiny this morning and said you're a masterpiece. All right, just if I could pick it back off there for 10 seconds, how are you a masterpiece? God created you. We are his workmanship. That means that we're rare. We're a rare masterpiece. We are a piece of the property, a piece of the master. We are a masterpiece. We're rare. We're special. We have a different name now, not of the past. Talk to me. And we are somebody now. So we get to this place to realize that there's a spiritual battle. And I beg you to come when we start this new series concerning spiritual warfare. A spiritual battle that we're trying to fight in the flesh. John 3 says that which is born of flesh is flesh and that which is born of spirit is spirit. Never the twain shall meet. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. The first thing that you shall do if you're going to be released from the vice grips of Satan that is holding you hostage is to remember your deliverance in Christ. The first thing you got to do is recall your deliverance in Christ. Talk to me because I don't understand what you're saying right there, Pastor. Those few words can put us on the road of deliverance faster than anything that we could imagine. Anything that our so-called smart intellect can come up with, absolutely not. We have to remember that we've already been delivered. We've already been repositioned in 
Christ. This can set us free. So guess what? Those, those 25 years of you struggling, trying to do it on your own, trying to fight for yourself, guess what? Year 26, you ought to be set free because you should be giving up on trying to do it yourself. Everybody in the Bible, everybody in the Bible that tried to do it themselves failed. Everybody. And the moment they came to the place that I can no longer do this on my own because I'm about to die, he says, well, let me try and let me give this to Jesus. Not try, let me give it to Jesus. And when they gave it to Jesus, their life was automatically changed. I shared this yesterday with a group, uh, uh, some of the leaders, the ministers here, and we was having class, and I said, let me tell you something. Some of, some of, the, some of the things that I didn't want to give up that I ended up losing caused me to have the best time and experiences of my life because I didn't realize, but some of those materialistic things was holding me bound and held me hostage to my freedom. How so, Pastor? Got all these cars and all this stuff, paying all these bills. Guess what? You can't sow like you need to sow if you're trying to keep up what you're trying to grow. One of the problems that we've also dealt with, now this is a sidebar that we've dealt with many times, is that we're trying to deal with the fruit instead of dealing with the root. Right? We want to pluck fruit. We want to pluck everybody's fruit and say this and that and want to judge everybody else, but we don't want to deal with the root cause. Right? So we're just on the surface. You ever seen a picture? I wish I would have had. You ever seen a picture of an of a ice glacier and you see a small little mountain with snow and ice on it? And that picture, when it shows you beneath the surface, is larger than that which we see on the surface. Because beneath the surface, the water, the ice, the mountain, is a greater big ice glacier on the bottom. That's the way we live, right? That's our life. We want, us, we want you to see what looks good. And beneath the surface, we cover up that where the real cause is. It's a root problem. I'm on fire today. Let's go. It's Holy Spirit time. Come on. Right, right, right. And so we get here. We get here, and, and no matter how, how much other folks help you, no matter how far you think you're getting, if you don't remember your position in Christ, you are wasting your time. Tell somebody, stop wasting your time. Stop wasting your time. Ephesians 2 and 6, we read, it says, he has raised us up. Here's a new translation, different from what we read. Seated us with him in where? Heavenly places. In Christ. We have been elevated, uh, we have been elevated with Christ into heavenly places. See, I got to do it because you couldn't really see it. And then we live in a tangible world. We've been elevated with Christ, elevated with Christ above the enemy, not beneath. Let me help you out. Let me help you out. Colossians 3 and 1 says, if then you have been raised with Christ, keep seeking the things which are above where Christ is, Seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things of the earth. We have too many earthly Christians. That's a paradox. We have too many earthly Christians, and that's the reason why we don't get more supernatural deliverance is because we're trying to live earthly. If your mind is set on earthly solution, then you will never be able to get a heavenly response. I mean, let's just, let's just sit there for a minute. If, if I'm waiting for the manager of the bank to give me what God said I'm supposed to have, then I might not ever get it. If, if I'm waiting on uh, the bank to tell the realtor that I'm approved, then I might never have it. 
But if I listen to God, guess what? I'm not going to sell you any wolf tickets. If I listen to God, maybe I'll clean up my credit. Maybe I'll get the right people in my life. Maybe I'll get rid of the mess and the junk. And maybe I'll walk the straight and narrow life of good stewardship. And then God says, now I can trust you. I believe you. Let me give it. Let me step over the manager. Let me step over the real estate agent. Let me step over these things that hold you hostage. I'm going to sow it into your life. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He says, he says that Jesus Christ is not down here. Listen to what he says. He has been raised and enthroned in heaven. Therefore, heaven must be the place where you access, listen to it, your solution. <laughs> heaven must be the place where we access our solution. Why? Because Colossians says in verse 9, I'm sorry, in chapter 9, verse 2, for in Christ all the fullness of deity indwells in bodily form. <laughs> Jesus, watch this, is God. Jesus is God. And in him, we, you, have been made whole and complete. He is the head over all rule and authority. He oversees, watch this, angels, good and bad. Verse 15 says that he has disarmed rulers and disarmed authorities. He made a public display, a public display of them having triumphed over them through him. Jesus has already beat up the devil. We understand those terms. He's already defeated Satan. Some churches say he's given Satan a black eye. I don't believe that's good enough because you can fight with a black eye. I mean, he's took his leg. He's taken his legs off him up under him, cut his arms off, chopped his head off. He's already been defeated. Don't just give Satan a little injury where he can get some stitches. He's already defeated Satan. Ain't time yet. I want to go. I want to fly. I want to fly right now. Right? That's how I feel right now. And if you are going to defend and beat Satan and he is the source, and he is the atmosphere. Somebody says atmospheric. Yeah, all those syllables in there. Then you have to hook up with the one who has already defeated him and his angels. Trying to do it without Jesus. How does the church come to a position and place of self-gratification, and now we're somebody and we don't need Christ how do we arrive at that place? I mean, how did we get here? You will never defeat Satan if you don't hook up with the Satan basher. He's already been defeated. You will never win against the devil if you don't get on the right team. Somebody say, get on the right team. You have to know your position and where you stand. Watch this. Your position, number two, I'm coming down here. Your position as a child of God is Jesus Christ gives you legal, legal rights and authority over Satan. <laughs> he gives me legal rights. He gives me legal authority. And you can have authority and have it illegally. <laughs> but he gives you the legal right and the authority 
the triumph over Satan. I, I, bet, I bet a lot of us hadn't really tried this before. We've never really tried, we've never really tried Satan while under attack that this is an illegitimate, watch this, attempt to place on me the harm that you say that you're going to harm me with and by. It's illegitimate. He can't touch you unless you let him touch you. <laughs> he, he cannot mess with your family unless you let him mess with your family. That's why it's important to have family prayer. It's important to teach your kids how to pray. It's important that your spouse prays with you, for you. Everybody come together. It's important. You know why? Because if Satan can't get you, he'll get the next and best thing closest to you. I mean, you're all up in the corner in your prayer room on your knees praying, uh, seeking God, and that's all good. But guess what? It needs to bleed over into the living room, into the bedroom, down in the basement, up in the attic, get on the roof, get on the foundation. Everybody needs to get a piece of this. You tiptoeing around the house with your Bible. No, no, no. Open that Bible up and teach somebody something. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Discipleship starts in the house. <laughs> it starts in the house. It starts in the house. I mean, your kids, your, your kids should know you as a prayer warrior. Your kids should know you as a Bible reader, a meditator. Come on. And somebody who is going to be a doer of the word. If your kids don't know, then I wonder what does the community say? Or do you just cover it? You see, it's not worth anything for you to walk out of here and say, Pastor Shannon said so. That's not going to help you. It's not worth anything for you to walk out of here with your Bible and raise it up high. That's really not going to help you. You've got to know the word. I, tell you, I said this morning that you can't quote what you don't know. We're running from our foes and our enemies because we don't know what they're talking about. And guess what? They quoting scripture telling us the word. Every time uh, uh, Jesus was tempted by Satan, he said, it is written. It is written. Man shall not live by bread alone. He was tempting Satan. He was tempting Jesus. <sighs> Let me go here. Satan does not want you to remember that you have been elevated higher than he is in Christ. He doesn't want you to remember who you are because if you forget who you are, you will never call on your legal right of authority to win the battle. Mm. It has to be a terrible thing to have kingdom citizenship and not know your rights. How do you have a law pass? Talk to me that you've never benefited from. We have legal rights in heaven. I'm going to show you something. Let me, come come here, coach. Come here, coaches. Come here. I want, I want to show you something. I'm going to take a sidebar here, right? And we just might wrap this up and close the service. Let me, let me show you all something, right? Because this is what it looks like. This is what it looks like, right? Coach here, coach here is my man, right? I mean, you my man. I don't care what they say about you. You my man. Put this chair right here. Coach is a great guy. Coach is poured into the ministry, right? And coach played some sports back in the day. And, you know, coach reminds me, hey, 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 I might have picked up a little bit, but I'm still bad. I still got it. So let's just say coach is a football player. Come on here. Come on right here. That's my man right here. Coach is a football player. Pretty dapper guy. Smooth. He's smooth, ain't he? I used to have waves like that, believe it or not. Oh, you, don't, you laughing? No, no. 
Right? Go, <laughs> I did. I used to have some ways like that. Right? Right? I'm reminiscing. Okay, let me stay on, let me stay on task. Coach is a football player. And, and on the football uh, uh, turf, you know, you can't really play a real game without officials. Right? And I've come to discover that God has given us, like, the legal right. I just told you that. He's given us authority. Come here, come here. Right? He's given us authority. And so while the ball game is being played, sometimes as players coach, we get beside ourselves and forget who we really are. And that's what happens with Satan. I'm not saying that you're the devil, but I'm going to use you as Satan today. Because sometimes we get beside ourselves. And guess what? We do things that's outside of what we really should be doing. We say things outside of the will. We do things and, and express ourselves outside the will. So what happens is, is that when coach is on, on the field, sometimes we feel that the official has called a wrong play. And so what happens is he sees himself. He sees himself. Stand up. It's good. It's going to hold you. It's got you. It's got you. He, he sees himself. Turn around for me. Oh, 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 oh. That was, All right, well, we ain't got no insurance. Come on, and so, 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 we see, we see ourselves bigger than the official. Satan knows he's not bigger than you are because he knows the Creator has already elevated you with Jesus Christ, who has given you authority. And so while coach is mad and upset at the call, here comes the official, the saint of God. And while he's chilling, he hits the whistle on the play. Now watch this. When he hits the whistle and calls the play, coach is mad and upset because he feels that he has the right place to do and say and rule over your life. But the truth is that that's not the truth because he thinks because he's bigger, and, and, and he think he's better, and he think he makes more mo the most money that the person that he's dealing with is an official. And so while he's angry and upset, if you don't know your place, you won't do this. But when you know your place, you blow your whistle. When you know your position, you blow your whistle. And when it really gets hectic, and when it really goes up and blows up, you throw a flag on the play. God is saying, I need for you to understand and realize that you got a flag and you got to understand how to use it. I am the righteousness of Christ. I've been seated and elevated. I'm going to get you, Satan, up out of here. And what we can do is get Satan out of here. Get him out the game. Get him out your family. Get him out your life. Have him step down off of his seat. trying to come back in and he's already been kicked out of the game he's upset somebody say go back home Satan we don't want you here go home tell your mama tell your daddy tell your kids that you are a father of lies watch it here's my 
Here's my closing. Here's my closing. Here's my closing. Today, today, the atmosphere of the body of Christ has been infiltrated with something that we would call, watch this, pollen. I did a little study, and I come to the realization that we struggle in this season because many of us have allergies. And the reason why we have allergies is because pollen is one of the most common allergens in the United States. Over 67 million people suffer from allergies, are you one today? And in those 67 million, 81% say that they are allergic to pollen. Watch this. As you may know, pollen, listen to it, is an airborne pollen. Uh, allergen, I'm sorry. It's an airborne allergen, which is picked up and carried, watch this, by the wind. Pollen is an airborne allergen, which is picked up and carried by the wind. It's in the trees. Talk to me, people, and they're sitting right beside you. It's in the grass. We got some grass folks in here. It's in the weeds that create pollen, which can cause what we would know it as hay fever. Hay fever irritates our sinuses and our passages, causes, causes things to irritate our eyes and skin. What are you talking about, Pastor? What I want to tell you today is that Satan has an allergy. Satan has an allergy. And the only way that we're going to get Satan out of the atmosphere is to charge the atmosphere with praise and worship. Charge the atmosphere with power and authority. Charge the atmosphere with the position that we've been seated in. Pastor, how do we charge the atmosphere? Well, when you know who you are in Christ and you say that I'm seated with God, the Father in Christ, who's sitting on the right hand, every time you speak those words of life and truth, Satan says, achoo. And so what you got to understand is that I am the righteousness of God. Achoo is what he's saying is. He's saying that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Achoo. What you got to say is I am the head and not the tail. Achoo. You're making him sneeze. And when you sneeze, you leave the area. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. Achoo. If ain't nobody sneezing around you, you're not living the life. He says some trust in chariots, some trust in horses, but I will trust in the name of the Lord. Hachoo. Somebody say, Hachoo. Talk to me in this hour. I shall be above and not beneath. Hachoo. We are more than conquerors through him that love us. Hachoo. I am the righteousness of Christ. Hachoo. Don't you slay me. Yet will I trust you. Hachoo. Talk to me. Satan has an allergy. I wonder if your lifestyle is making him sneeze. Hachoo. The reason why he's still in the atmosphere. The reason why he's not fleeing is because you don't know your position of authority. For the Lord is my light and my salvation. Satan, I will not fear. The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Hachoo, hachoo, hachoo. I'm going to speak life and not death over my life. Though in hosts 
should encamp against me, my heart will not fear. The war shall rise against me. In this will I be confident. In this will I be confident. For in the time of trouble, in this will I be confident. But I will, I will, I will dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. They said, you look like you got allergies. If you're the devil, let me speak scripture and see you sneeze. Hachoo! Somebody say hachoo! We don't know, we don't know our position. Satan is roaming around, he's in the atmosphere. He's in your life, he's in your home, he's in your family, he's in your church, he's in the body of Christ, but he's only in the atmosphere. And we don't know our position, and we don't know our right place of passage, and we don't know our authority. And when you don't know your place, the devil, what he's going to do is he's going to ride you, he's going to hunt you, he's going to be in your dreams. Dreams become nightmares. You got to realize who you are. In Christ Jesus, put your hands together for Jesus. Uh, I'm done, I ain't got no more. You better come on. Let me say something. Let me say something. Satan has been living on your backpack. Let me, let me tell you, Satan has been living not just on but in your backpack. The reason why Satan is living with you is because you don't have the right things in your backpack. You got the things that you shouldn't have. You got things that appease the flesh. But if you had the righteousness in the word of God, when Satan come close, he'll be so allergic to the environment, so allergic to the atmosphere. He'll come and say, Hachoo! He'll start crying, Hachoo! You gotta understand that when he hits the parking lot, he need to be sneezing, bleeding, Hachoo! If we would charge the atmosphere, charge the atmosphere, charge the atmosphere, enter his gates with thanksgiving, enter his courts with praise. Somebody shout, hallelujah! Y'all put y'all hands together. Put your blessed hands together. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I want to thank the Lord for our pastor on the day. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. If you didn't know it, you ought to know it now that Jesus is real. They started off this morning with Jesus is real. So you ought to know on today that he is real. And 
If you know that he's real, if you know that my God is real, you can say, I chew to the devil, and he's got to flee. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you on the day. We thank you on the day for blessing our pastor. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Jesus is real. Don't let no devil tell you that he ain't. You believe it. You know it. You say it with confidence. You say it with your head hung up. Jesus is real. Satan, I know he is. Because he came and saw about me on one day. I don't know about y'all, but I know that God is real. The doctor said I had diabetes. For y'all who know about that, I went to the doctor about a couple of weeks ago. My A1C level was at eight point something. Eight point something. How many of y'all know I went back about a week and a half ago, they took my A1C level, and she said, Mr. Tobin, I got to look at it again. I said, go ahead and look at it again. But it was at 5.9. So I know that my God is real. I know that my God is real. Because can't no devil tell me that my God wasn't real. And she asked me, what, what are you doing? What are you doing? I said, I'm praying, I'm believing, and I'm keeping the faith. No matter what you see. I know that my God is real. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, he is. And I dare you on the day, whatever you're going through, that you just keep believing that God is real, that God is alive, that he ain't dead. So they thought when they took him down from the cross, because they put him in a little grave, and they rolled a little stone in front of it, he couldn't come out. But how many of y'all know that on that third day, on that third day, he rose. And we said, Lord, we thank you for rising on the third day. Because if it had not been for Jesus that was on my side, where would I be? Come on, y'all. Like I said, give him your best. Give him your best praise. Give them your best worship. Give them your best hallelujah. Give them your best thank you. Here comes feel about you. Here comes feel about your family. Here comes feel about your kids. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. If you just give them your best, give it from your heart. Because he knows your heart. See, Satan can only look at your flesh. But God can see our heart. Satan see your flesh. When God said go right, you went left. That was your flesh. But down in your heart, you knew that you loved God. You knew that God was on your side. Y'all keep believing that on the day that God is real. Brother Torres, don't let him steal your ministry. Don't let Satan steal your ministry. I'm on the inside of you. God put it there. You keep believing. God going to do for you. Keep holding on, because he's going to do it. And Satan can't take that from you. He can't take it from you. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you on the day. We thank you. We thank you. Lord, we thank you for the word on today. We thank you for the word on today. Somebody say hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you on today. He's real, y'all. He's real. And we ain't got to wait for Easter Sunday to know that he's real. We ain't got to wait. Some people trying to wait the next week to know that he's real. But we ain't got to wait. Because every day, every Sunday, God is real. Lord, we thank you on today. We thank you. We thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we worship you. Lord, we say glory. Because you're real. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Every now and then, how many of y'all know it just takes a little small thank you for what he's already done? A little thank you for what he's going to do. I used to wonder why my aunt and some of y'all grandmas used to be in the corner sometime and just looking out the window. And they just, they just humming. You'll walk by, you didn't know grandma what auntie was doing. But she was giving the Lord her best with a little moan every now and then. She was saying, Lord, I thank you for my grandkids. Lord, I thank you for my kids. Lord, I thank you for my family. Lord, I thank you for my husband. She was just in that corner, just looking out the window, but then we run around. We didn't know what grandma was doing. We didn't know what auntie was doing. But she was giving the Lord her best, and her best was in a moan. Her best was in her just humming a little song. So I don't know what your best is today. It might be a little hum. It might be a sweet little song. But keep giving God your best. Keep giving God your best. And here come see you about the Lord. We thank you on today. We thank you on today for that wonderful word. Lord, we thank you. Glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. that good. I know it's time to go, but God is just that good. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you.
running to Jesus. So don't count it strange that you're in a worship service when you see the shouting going on. You're in a worship service that you see people running around the church. But you don't know what they've been through. You don't know what they're running from. You don't know what they're running to. But they know what they're doing. So Lord, we thank you on the day for the worship service that you are giving us. Thank you, Lord. together once again for our pastor for this service. Come on, y'all. Let's put our hands together for this service. Because I believe somebody's going to been delivered on today. Somebody has been set free on today. Somebody's going to go back home to a situation that they left from, and it was chaos there. But when they get back, it's going to be peace. It's going to be peace. At this time, all minds are